it's very discouraging. Uh, a lot of the pastors, you know, as you know, you, you've heard this from somewhere, but I've, I've had them message me or say to me in person, like, I am supporting you 100% behind the scenes, right? Like they, they don't want to talk about the issue. They don't want to do anything actually to help Choice for Two or to end the issue. Um, but they're supporting us from, you know, in their house with the door shut. Hi, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will, and today we have a special guest with us. Uh, we have Laura Clausen on. Now, for those who do not know, she uh, does Choice for Two. She is a pro-life advocate up in Canada. Uh, Canada, sorry, I just couldn't help myself. But the uh, the thing is, as many of you guys know, this is a topic we approach regularly on this podcast because it is something that is, I think it is the biggest moral downfall that we are living in currently in the 21st century. And so we, I was able to reach out to Laura. She agreed to come on. So Laura, thank you for being here. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Perfect. So uh, yeah, I was just wondering if you would, I mean, obviously you're a pretty big voice up there. I feel like in Canada, uh, you're getting around uh, at least people. I know one of your videos went viral, which was uh, the magical birth canal video. We'll plug that in the description below for people to go check it out. It's really great. So my question is, is this, what is your background? Who are you? Like if someone were to wonder who in the world is Laura? <laughs> um, uh, well, my background, like I come from a theater background. So I studied to go into opera and then I worked professionally uh, in the opera company for about eight years. Um, until I, I started Choice for Two kind of near the end of that, and then it wasn't manageable to do both. So I left the opera, and now I'm running Choice for Two. Um, that's pretty much me. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple. So I, I didn't realize yeah. you had an opera background. So do you sing then, too? The nice soprano voice going on there? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's what I did. That was my job. So. That's kind of awesome. I'm a violinist, so I appreciate very people nice. of the classical group. I, I can't do opera very well uh, at, at all. So, <laughs> so that's well, okay. that's, uh, that's funny. So you went from a creative musical background to now doing choice yeah. for two. Now, yeah. uh, for people who look it up, it's, it's spelled like choice for number two number. So it's, yeah. it'll be like choice 42, which is what yeah. I first thought when I read it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but well, so choice for to you started this organization. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the organization? What was the journey that led there and why that is? Because, I mean, that's a big shift to go from opera, which could also be a pathway to some success and fame and all these wonderful things if you wanted to. If nothing else, it's fun to be into music. Yeah. So it's something you probably fun. miss, right? Like, so what, what led to that shift? What, what was all that about? Yeah. So, well, it's not like, like choice for two just came out of nowhere. Cause I've always been really, uh, interested and troubled by abortion ever since I was a little kid. And I saw those people standing out with the graphic abortion images, those when I was really little and it always stuck with me. So, um, throughout school, like every single year, I always did like my projects on abortion. And so it was just year after year after year, like that was half out of laziness and half out of, I was really passionate about it. So, um, Honesty like is I, good. <laughs> well, and I ended up doing like my high school debate on abortion and that. So 
I then started volunteering at my local pregnancy resource center just because I wanted to get involved and I didn't know anything about the pro-life movement in Canada, actually. I didn't know it existed. Um, when I was in university, I didn't know there was a pro-life club, so it was just completely invisible. Um, so at the center, that's where I, I got in on that side of things, like the women who are having the crisis pregnancies. Um, and from there, I realized... First of all, like nobody in Canada knows that we don't have an abortion law. Uh, people just don't know. Like they don't know it's actually legal to abort at any point throughout the pregnancy. That's that's how it is. Um, and then also a lot of women didn't know that the center existed. They didn't know that that type of help was available. So I started Choice for Two um, basically to put together a database of all the pregnancy resource centers in Canada. Because like you guys have a number of those in the U.S., Right. Yeah. Uh, and we we had a very sad one that wasn't up to date, and it was like a page, and it it was it was very good. So that was kind of the main goal, the two things: to uh, educate Canadians, and then to actually help women find the support. And so that was what it was. And then um, <laughs> from there, it really like blew up. I did not expect uh, it to be what it is now. Um, because we were just trying to reach Canadians initially, and at this point now, we're a worldwide organization. We're helping women all over the entire world. Uh, so it's just really, really blown up. That's Yeah, that's awesome. And that's kind of what stuck out to me because you kind of flew into my feed one day, and I was like, who in the world is this? And I'm an American, <laughs> and when I found out you're a Canadian, I'm like, oh, hi, neighbor. You know, it was just <laughs> – Hi. Of, yeah. yeah. It, Fun, yeah, up there. Um, so, but so okay, you went so you uh, went to a pregnancy resource center and helped out there. Now that's got to be kind of interesting because one of the biggest things we at least here in the states is that pregnancy resource centers are not properly equipped. They uh, they hurt women more than help women. They're there to shame women. All those things. Uh, what, do you have any thoughts on that? Are those accusations you've heard at all? For sure. So I feel like we're a bit different than you guys. Um, and I think that the way the Canadian pregnancy resource centers, for the most part, are operating, trying to not be that. They're so worried about anyone viewing them as anti-abortion. They want to be viewed as pro-choice until the woman gets in. Um, so we have a whole different issue because I don't agree with that. And that's not the way Choice for Two is operating. Like, we're just very straightforward that abortion is murder and we are anti-abortion. <laughs> Good um, for you. So, well... That's, I mean, you have to be truthful about it, right? There's no point Absolutely. in lying to people. Um, so I feel like we're a little bit different than you guys. Um, I do, I mean, it is a lie. Uh, they don't shame women. They don't, you know, do any of this nasty stuff. They're only very helpful. So, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things where I'm like, well, by shame, do you mean telling them it's murder? Like yeah. th that's, and that's what, of course, our culture has equated, right? Like if you say something's wrong, it's shaming somebody yes, uh, and, exactly. and that's not how it works at all. Right. And then the other thing you had mentioned that, uh, Brian and I were talking about right before we called you was the abortion laws up in Canada. People don't realize that in Canada, that it is up to birth. Like the, yeah. you could go in the, on your due date instead and just 
I want to board it. And right. even though the child is completely well-developed, could breathe outside on its own, heart, a completely functioning nervous system, and along that nature. And that puts you right up there with also places like North Korea and yeah. other countries that people are thinking, that are, oh, that's horrible and horrific. Yeah. And we're told as Americans that we're crazy that we're fighting against it because we're like, whoa, late-term abortions, this is get, like, how, how far is it? Like, oh, you guys are a bunch of crazy people. Nobody's doing that. And it's <laughs> happening, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, you guys uh, have those late-term abortion clinics even. Like, that's all they're doing is late-term abortion. So. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's just, that's insane to me, the fact that that is something that is actually up there now. So for Choice for Two became this big thing. You guys are obviously very pointed uh, at what your stance is, but at the same time, it seems like you guys also offer resources to women. You yeah. know, it's not just you come here and we tell you, don't abort it and let you walk out. So what does it look like at, at Choice for Two? How is it that you, how is it exactly that you are helping women? Could uh, That way we could just get rid of all the things that, and accusations right here, right <laughs> now, it's done. <laughs> oh, we do everything. We've paid rent, we've paid medical bills, especially for a lot of you Americans, cause you know, we have free healthcare here in Canada, but the Americans, um, it's expensive. Um, and a lot of Africans as well, we've paid for women to be able to deliver um, under supervision of a doctor. Uh, we've, yes, we've paid rent. We've bought, like last week, we bought groceries for a woman in the UK. Um, and of course, like all the baby stuff. We're constantly making baby registries, diapers, clothes, a crib, like anything that they would need. Um, so really like whatever her need is, um, if we can make it happen, then we do. That's awesome. So you, it completely does go against the narrative that these places don't actually help people. Uh, that's that's one of the things that you know we they said the same thing at end abortions to end abortions now by Jeff Durbin. I'm not sure yeah. if you're familiar with that. Yes, and, I know Jeff. <laughs> okay. Yes. So that whole thing, uh, they accuse him of the same thing. I'm like, they have literally been like, we will cover all expenses. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Just don't abort the child, yeah. and they're like, oh no no, they just don't care about babies, and you're like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know you can. I don't know what more you want us to do. Uh, so yep. yeah. Uh, so okay, it started off then. So choice for two for you started off as this thing that you wanted to create just resources for people and information for people, right? That's yeah. kind of where I'm picking up as where yep. it started. Yeah. And so now it's moved into this worldwide global thing. I mean, I didn't even know you're helping women in Africa now too. That's just crazy. Yeah. So uh, what kind of what was the road there? Because I feel like that is not a small workload. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, like to get that yeah. far, what, what, what is there, what, how'd that transition look? Was it just people coming to you wanting to get more and more involved? Would you be able to kind of expound a little bit on that? Um, you mean in terms of growing our team? Yeah, like how did all that come about? Like just going from this small girl in Canada to exploding? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that we exploded because of the videos and, um, when we put out the magical birth canal, that's what did it. And so I was trying to do that though. Like I wanted to make a viral video. So, um, and we put out one video ahead of that one um, within the same series, um, but I didn't have the pink hair and it was, it was satire, but it wasn't as flashy maybe. And that one did really well. And we got all these articles and stuff from the pro-life group uh, organizations. And so I was thinking like, I don't want to just reach the pro-lifers. Like I want to reach the people who think abortion is okay and really challenge that. So that's where um, 
I just thought, okay, we'll make it really eye-catching eye and fun with the different costumes and the pink hair and all that and the quirky music. And so that's what really got us the exposure so far um, past just Canada. And from there, um, so we ended up helping a lot of Canadians first, and then it spread to the U.S., and then it spread to the U.K., and now it's spread to Africa. And in terms of the team... At first, it was just me, like, <laughs> which is pretty funny because, like, I don't know what I was doing, right? Like, I, I'm an opera singer. I don't know how to start a nonprofit. I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I was doing, but I just started it, and it just happened. And then as things were growing, along came the people that we needed. So, um, like, my number two person is an accountant um, who's actually uh, my best friend. So she came on board, and so that was awesome because, like, opera singer, money, like, I don't know. Um, and then <laughs> all of the other people that have come on who do a lot of the counseling of women, they're all women from my church, which is kind of neat. So they're all very local. We can have meetings in person. Um, and yeah, they just do it. No one's paying them. No one's anything. They're just doing it because they want to. So it's, it's been amazing. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Now, I would love to, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the videos because that was obviously how I found you. It's probably the way a lot of people found Choice for Two. And yeah. so you wanted to make it, do you think, first off, do you think your uh, opera background had a little bit to do with the creativity you guys had in that? Like a little bit of that theater background? Yeah, probably. Well, that's that's my thing, right? Like exactly. starting a nonprofit is not my thing, but like the whole acting world and all of that, that's my thing. So yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, it made sense <laughs> when you said that earlier. I was like, aha, light bulb. Okay. It all mm. made, it kind of clicked into place after that. And so when it came to those, why, why some Christians think that like to mock or be snappy or satirical is wrong and that we should try to just win them over basically with love and kindness and big wide open arms. So what are your thoughts on that? And then why the snappy videos? What do you think uh, those, those achieve? Well, I don't feel that I'm like mocking them. Like if I was going to mock someone, that would be very harsh. Like sometimes when I do the scripts, uh, <laughs> They, they turn out like a lot, they're really harsh at first. And then I'm like, okay, I need to turn this down because I don't want to be like attacking people. I just want to be showing them, this is actually what you're saying. Like, this is what you're saying. Like magical birth canal, here's the baby, not a human. Here's the baby outside the canal, human. That is what you're saying. Right. So I will just show you what you're saying. Um, and yeah, the character, I don't know that it's that much mocking. Like the pink hair came because I wanted it to be visually like enticing. Well, that's what but it was for me. Also, I was just on... like, girl in my feed with bright pink hair, help, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but then also, funny enough, like a lot of the pro-aborts who comment on everything, like a lot of them have pink hair. So it, it did work in, a, in that way. Um, that's just how it worked out. But uh, in terms of using satire, I don't see any problem with it. I don't think that our satire videos are mean. Um, and I think that they're just a clever way to engage people who don't agree with us. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, and I actually thought that's, so for me personally, as a, as a Christian who also thinks we need to speak truth with grace and all that, what's nice about the videos is that sometimes you need that bit of a humorous cutting edge, like a little bit of that savagery to come through a little bit, like you said, yeah. I'm going to make you see what you are saying. You know, yeah. the other one that stuck out to me was the blue hair video. Uh, that, yeah. that one, uh, my, my younger brother has uh, um, uh, autism and a few other things. So it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what's being said. So uh, yeah. these videos are really interesting too, because one of the things I think, and I'm sure this is intentional, because our people who are just scrolling all day, they are they have low attention spans. They need something that's quick, mm -hmm. snappy, and to the point. Yeah. And yeah. all yours are like under a minute and 20 seconds, which just to even think about us doing something like that gives me an anxiety attack because there's no way I can do that. I'm way too long-winded. So was that intentional on your part is to keep it that yeah. quick and snappy? Yeah, for sure. Like I was looking at mainstream media and seeing what kind of things were getting traction. And it was, it was that short, uh, visually looking good, uh, sort of funny, that's what people were watching and that's what they'd share around. So that was the goal, yeah. Okay, and so did you, have you had any success, do you think, changing people's minds using those videos? Because I feel like yeah. some of them are definitely like eye-opening for people who don't I, realize it. Yeah, I do, I get messages. I just got one today on Instagram from a girl who said uh, she's pro-choice and then she watched through the videos and she's like, I, I don't think I'm right. I think that it's not the right position. And so now she's got to reevaluate and all that. But that was the goal, just to start people thinking about it. And I've had a, I've had a lot of people, even some people, because the trolls are very nasty on a lot of my pages. And I don't block them because of this, because I've seen them change sides. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, even like the most crude, nasty, vile people have changed sides and then written me apology notes. So it's it's been neat. Wow. So you're actual proof of people actually shifting and changing and using yeah. a platform like that to change people's minds, which could eventually change it, save a child down the road even. So that's yeah, that's awesome. I just think that's fantastic. So um, that was one of the things that stuck out to me. And I obviously you also have interviews with women on there who whose lives you guys have helped impact and change. And uh, so I just everything you guys are doing, I think is awesome. That's all I'm saying. Here. It's fantastic. Very <laughs> creative. I, I'm kind of jealous of it. As far as that, I was like, man, that's such a good way to put that. I've never seen it put in such a great, concise manner. In fact, I've used you a few times in debates before. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, so you went from choice for two, you built this thing and now it's, it's snappy. And you said it's built from, and you know, you're reaching women across the world, helping them. So it's not just a, it's not a platform where you get to just plateau and say what you think. It's also a place where yeah. you're, you're, you're doing something to help people, which is awesome. So now the yeah. next, I thought is you work a lot with your church. How has the church up in Canada been helpful for you up there? It has not. <laughs> um, when I started, when I got the idea to do Choice for Two, which is five years old now, my pastor at the time, um, I came to him with this crazy idea, you know, and, you know, I had nothing in place. He knows I'm an opera singer. And he was just like, yeah, you got to do this. 
And then he has been very encouraging toward me. My church, you know, they've let us use the building for fundraisers, that kind of thing. Uh, so like within our little pod, maybe, um, there has been um, support. And then also like within our team who are women from the church, obviously, like I'm so grateful for them. But like when we started Choice for Two, part of our launch plan was to send our first video out to every pastor in Canada to be like, here's this new organization. Here's this video that you can share. It was called nine months in the, or 10 months in the making. Um, and we got the email address of every religious leader within the evangelical church that we could. And I think a lot of Catholic ones as well. And of course the Catholics are very pro-life, right? Right. Absolutely. But yeah, I got maybe three encouraging emails back from pastors in Canada. And then I got a lot of, you know, never heard from them ever again. And then I got more than three emails being like, this is a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> you're going to go to hell for this. This is shaming women. Like, I, yeah, yeah. So that was very discouraging because I knew things were bad, <laughs> but I didn't. I expected, I expected if we're going to have allies in starting this, it's going to be the church. And that was not the case. So um, it, it's very discouraging. Uh, a lot of the pastors, you know, as you know, you, you've heard this from somewhere, but I've, I've had them message me or say to me in person, like, I am supporting you 100% behind the scenes, right? Like they, <laughs> they don't want to talk about the issue. They don't want to do anything actually to help Choice for Two or to end the issue. Um, but they're supporting us from, you know, in their house with the door shut. So it, that's been very, very frustrating. And I am so thankful, though, that I have all of these. Um, I've met a lot of pastors. Now I've met you. There's not another guy um, who are actually engaging in this issue. So it's, it's cool. It's a very different thing across the border where it's, it's just terrible up here. See, and that's what's funny is it, when I talk to American pastors, now some of those are still doing that here. You know, oh, you're shaming women. How yeah. dare you? You know, instead of a focus on abortion, you should focus on giving them resources. And I'm like, well, why does it have to be either yeah. or? You know, why can't yeah. we focus on abortion and also give resources? And yeah. It, it, you know, that, that's, but, you know, here we're told all the time that we as Christians in America are paranoid. You know, it's never going to be that bad. Stop it. And it's like, well, no, this is happening. I'm in Michigan. I'm not far from Canada. And it's right there. You know, it's, you know, yeah. they, my friend from Ireland says I'm quasi Canadian. I take offense to that. But anyway, yeah. See, <laughs> thank you. You probably should. <laughs> <laughs> See, we have her on record uh, saying that we, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, no, but the, so when it comes to this, you know, I'm not surprised though, because, uh, we did a petition here for the right to life here in Michigan. And it was this petition that went around to ban dismembership abortions and, you know, from, uh, abortion by method of dismembership, you know, ripping babies from limb from limb. And uh, Right to Life contacted me and they say, hey, we're doing this thing. We really need signatures. And I pastored a small church. I mean, you're talking about 75 people. And it's like, yeah, absolutely, we'll get there. And so when I was talking to just the women at Right to Life here in Michigan, 
they were saying that a lot of churches are like, uh, yeah, no, we just stay away from that. That's too controversial for our church. That's too, you know, we don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. And you pretty much hinted to it right there, which is if the church doesn't stand for the truth of, of the sanctity of life, then who does, you know? So um, anyway, I know there's, so you haven't gotten a lot of support there. Is the, and it's amazing to me that tr pastors aren't stepping up. And do you think it's just because they've completely, uh, there's, just, there's no backbone? Do you think they've been shamed into silence? Do you think they just completely bought this like very liberal ideology hook, line, and sinker? Is there anything that you've noticed with that? Yeah. Well, and I have to say like, there are, there are some pastors. Of and course. now I, I have like maybe, oh, but I know like six, there's like six in Canada who are, you know, on this. So they're awesome and spread throughout the country. But for the main part, yeah, it's very liberal here. If you say anything, uh, you would be anti-women and, you know, we don't have like the same free speech that you guys have. Right. So the, they can get in trouble if they are offending women or being offensive, but like, honestly, Christians should be offensive. Like if we are doing our job of being countercultural, right? Like that, that is what sh we should be doing, but they're not. So they are probably just scared. I think too, a lot of them just don't care. It's just not something they've thought about. They haven't, uh, they're not educated on it. They don't really understand what's happening. So that's, that's another whole part of it. It's just, it's a woman's right here. Of course it's a woman's right. So they just don't talk about it. Yeah, and I've noticed that too, where it, a lot of people just don't get it because they don't understand yeah. what's happening. They haven't looked into it. Like right. when you watch what it, what an abortion is, it's horrifying. Yet right. um, a lot of them don't know because they, we use euphemisms, right? Oh, yes. it's, a, it's an abortion, uh, you know, day after. Oh, we're just going to do uh, this X type of abortion or this type of, and they use a special euphemism to basically mask yeah. the fact that they, they mean we're going to rip it limb from limb and suck it down a vacuum. Yeah. You know, uh, so I think that is commendable that you're doing this. But then it's kind of sad for me, the fact that there's so many pastors and the U.S. is following. I mean, that's the way it works. Uh, the U.K. goes one direction, then Canada, then the United States goes behind. And it's just this constant, like, rotating circle. I wish we'd get back in our revolutionary days where we said we didn't follow the crown, but yet we always seem to follow uh, culturally. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. You look like you're going to say something. No, no, I was just agreeing oh, with you. Okay. Uh, yes. Come on, America. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yes, actually, you know, you mentioned the free speech thing, and that's something uh, I get told here all the time, too, that we Christians, we confuse our rights with, with uh, our religion. And sometimes that's true, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, we're, but we're passionate about free speech because it's what allows us and allows you guys, all of us to engage without having fear of arrest, without fear of being locked up or anything. Is that something that's ever come your way? Because I mean, you're doing this in Canada where, where you're yeah. offending women every single day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's, I mean, the whole uh, hate speech laws are kind of new. So We'll see that the laws that we do have in place for sure, which you will get arrested is like we're not allowed to stand outside of the abortion clinics and try and reach women that way. We have uh, bubble zones. So you cannot do anything anti-abortion within a certain uh, area around all of the clinics. So that is a huge loss um, because, you know, I have pastor friends out in 
down in your country and they're out every every week there's people from their church at the clinic saving babies they're saving babies like every day um, so that is a huge loss for Canada and you will get arrested and go to jail if you do that so the hate speech thing I don't know nothing, nothing yet except I mean like censorship on social media that for sure I get I get censored a lot um, because of hate speech uh, but not like actually any law stuff no okay well that's good if that ever came down what yeah. I, i'm just curious at this point like because of the hate speech thing if it ever came after you to tell you to be silent or whatever what would what would your response be would you stick it out and just get arrested would you move to america I, there's a great place down for <laughs> sale down the street we'd welcome you <laughs> you can uh, fall in love with bald eagles you. and uh, the red white and blue <laughs> yeah I am not honestly sure what exactly I would do, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be silent. Like for sure. No, I would, I would figure something out. Really? You can't. You can't. I mean, there's, there's like with what's happening, like you can't, that would be so lame. And plus like, uh, I'm going to stand before God and answer for that. So no, I wouldn't just shut up about it. Man. I like it. You, yeah. You don't really seem like the subtle type to me in any way, shape or form. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good thing. Uh, I really wish we yeah. had more people that are direct, but I think you hit uh, something that actually I wanted to circle back to, which you said the church now should be offensive. Yeah. You know, the church really should be. And, you know, the gospel itself, the whole idea of you're a filthy, rotten sinner. Quite offensive. <laughs> Pretty offensive. It's like, yeah, yeah. you are, yeah, uh, you deserve hell. And, you know, that's not good talk, but yeah, to, yeah. to people, but honestly, it's, uh, you know, Christianity, we've bought the lie that our culture has told us, which is being nice is right. always being moral. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's stupid, but it makes sense. Yeah. 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 So, uh, whereas sometimes maybe you might need to be a little bit offensive. You might not be need to be even a little mean sometimes. Jesus was always nice. He called people a den of vipers, right? Like, I mean, right. <laughs> he looked at Peter who's traveled with him for like three years and says, get behind me, Satan. Like those are some, right. those are some intense words. That's, that's thug life right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how people get the, like, Jesus is just nice and loving from like, if you actually read the Bible, it's like, not at all. He's just truthful. And that's what we should be. But yeah. Yeah. He's, he's truthful. He's, he, he is loving, but he's going to love you with the truth and he'll accept yeah. you wide open. And you if you accept the truth, he accepts you wide open. That's one of the things people don't get. Like if you accept the truth about yourself and you realize the truth about yourself and you go to Jesus, he, uh, He's, yeah, he's going to hit you the truth that you're a filthy, rotten sinner, but you're a filthy, rotten sinner whom he loves as his child and he welcomes you. So, uh, random gospel tangent there, but, uh, it had to happen. <laughs> it had to happen. So the <laughs> other thing, you know, what it, with this whole thing that you're going through, which is actually pretty crazy, uh, up there, I can only imagine. So if the gospel and all this is supposed to be offensive and you're always, are you told right reg at all regularly by Christians you're too mean? Or yeah. too offensive? Yeah. <laughs> well, just, the, yeah. So they'll, yeah. The funny thing is they'll write me messages and be like, no woman is ever going to come to you, you know, when you're saying these things. And I'm like, well, you know, if there's five new ones today. Like they are like, I'm not, I'm not saying things to be mean. I'm just saying things to be, to be honest. And it, that 
I guess that does draw people in. Like if you say abortion is murder and a woman who's considering abortion reads that, she's like, whoa, okay. And then they message. So, I mean, it's working. If this wasn't working, I wouldn't be doing it, right? Like what would be the point? So yeah, I do get a lot of messages of you're doing this wrong. And then I'll be like, oh, so what are you doing then? Like what's the... <laughs> What's your uh, thing you've got going on to deal with? Well, honestly, like, it, that's so irritating to me. People that are just sitting there, like, you know, you're doing all of this wrong and then, like, not actually doing anything themselves, so. I think that's a completely fair objection. Uh, that's something, you know, I, I've had plenty of people even talk about me as a pastor. Well, pa well, Will, you're pastoring this wrong. You're doing that wrong. And it's like, oh yeah. have you ever been a pastor before? You, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Have at it. You, you and then, then it's like, well, no, 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 no. I could, I could never do that job. And I'm like, okay, then don't. I, I don't tell. You're if you're a mechanic, I don't tell you how to be a mechanic. You know. Right. Uh, so don't tell me how to be a pastor. I don't tell other people like yourself how to be a pro-life advocate for women to be there for women and children eh, when they are not. Uh, never. They've never had to be in that those shoes before. There's the words. With choice for two. Now moving forward. What would your advice be if people wanted to kind of get together and try to help you or help their pro-life cause? Because a lot of people are pro-life, but they don't really know how to get involved. They don't really know how to you know, even speak out. A lot of them are scared to even speak out. What would your advice or thoughts be there? Yeah, I think that it, I think that it needs to start at the ground level. So it just needs to start with people and their everyday life being obviously anti-abortion. Like it's, it's so frowned upon by our culture as, you know, like you would be a terrible person if you were anti-abortion. But there's more and more people now getting bold about it. And I think that is what actually needs to happen just in everyday conversations. I think a major, major part of things is going to be pastors talking about it um, with their congregations and getting their churches involved. And for you guys, like you have such a great opportunity to go to the clinics and literally rescue those being taken to the slaughter. Like where else in America can you do that? Um, that is where it's happening. And that's where like Christians need to go and do that. And so for Canada, I mean, huh. I guess we just need to get rid of this bubble zone law so that we can do that also. Um, people also have a great opportunity nowadays on social media to be very vocal about being anti-abortion. And, you know, especially with all these lockdowns going on, this is how people are communicating. So it's even more, more of a chance to um, just be anti-abortion. Just like post something about the fact that you're anti-abortion and watch what happens. It will cause people to lose their mind on you. And like all of your, seriously, like your friends are going to come out of the woodworks calling you a terrible person and all this stuff. But you need to start these conversations. Like we for too long have just sat back and let the slaughter of babies go on and like doing nothing, not talking about it, not thinking about it. It is unacceptable. So I think that's actually like what everyone can do, anyone watching this program right now, and a lot of them are going to be too scared to do it, but that is something they could do or post one of our videos and watch what happens. That's good too. Yeah, absolutely. And once you do that, then watch uh, our video on the data. Throw, 
Get them all ticked off with Laura's video and then make them watch our video with all the data and we'll go from there. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we can tag team it. No, that's, and that's, uh, that, I think that you're absolutely right. People need to be vocal. People think all the time, I do a lot of uh, uh, what I'm, when I'm at work, I do and running around. If I have access, I do a lot of Facebook debating and people always say, Will, why are you in someone's comment section arguing abortion? That does no one any good. You're not doing any good doing that. I'm like, actually it does. Yeah. I've had so many people message me going, oh my goodness, I just saw what people are saying to you and I'm seeing the other side now. And yeah. I've had a lot of people, and I never tell people, I never like screenshot it like, ha I told you so, but I have had yeah. that. And if nothing else, being resistance. I mean, we're all connected now. Like I can, I literally contacted you in five seconds, you know, yeah. across an entire country and yeah. you could get that voice, that pro-life voice out there. So um, now I remember what my question was from earlier that I wanted to ask. So uh, obviously abortion is horrible. Um, and, but do you, what do you think about why do you think abortion has become a thing that our culture accepts and is okay with? And where do you think that all stemmed from? Do you think it was just because of irresponsible sex? Do you think it was because of entitlement? What, what, what are your thoughts here? Oh yeah, the free sex movement for sure. And uh, the dismantling of the family unit. That's where everything started. Cause right from there, you're getting women pregnant out of wedlock and what do you do? Abortion's the easiest thing. It was very hush-hush at first, right? Like, done. Whereas now people are shouting it, shouting their abortions. So, and it, it didn't take that many years either to go from, it would be very shameful if you got pregnant outside of marriage to, I'm having sex with whoever I want to because I'm empowered and I'm shouting my abortion. So, Satan's gotten in there. And it's just gone downhill really fast. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I thought, you know, it's just the fact that it's like, yeah, uh, abortion is the is the symptom and everything else is the cause, right? So we need, yeah. to, we need to approach both, and which means yeah. it's okay to tell people that irresponsible sex, just going around having sex with random people, just hookup culture, whatever, is detrimental. Yeah. It's destructive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's a good one. And then the other thought was that there is one thing, and I wanted to make sure I save this more toward the end of our discussion, just because I think it's a great hot take you mentioned, which mm -hmm. I had mentioned in our pre-discussion, which was you, I think, tweeted once. I'm not sure if it was Twitter or it was Facebook, but you said that you are looking more and more at abortion as child sacrifice. Yeah. And would you mind expounding just on that statement there? Yeah. So... Oddly, well, I'm not oddly, but ever since so Choice for Two started getting some attention, we've gotten the attention also of a lot of Satanists and witches specifically. And through my interaction with them, um, I've just found out a lot more than I ever wanted to know. But um, I'm sure. Yeah. So like, OK, the Satanic Temple has just come out recently within the last few months and said that abortion is uh, a ritual. It's a satanic ritual. They posted that. It was everywhere. It was in the newspaper. They're fully coming out and saying that now. So that is, um, it's a blood sacrifice. It's an image bearer of God that is being murdered. And uh, it is child sacrifice. 
straight up. So there's, I mean, this, this conversation could go really deep and creepy and, <laughs> but, um, I'm all ears. Made... Take it where you want to. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the driver's seat now, Laura. I'm just oh, hanging dear. out. Yeah. Um, that's why we made the, the new child sacrifice video because I, I just saw that connection. It's the same thing. And then I started doing all the research of child sacrifice in the past that we learn about in school with the Aztecs and the Incas or whatever. And you just view them as so barbaric, these like awful societies that would sacrifice their children so that, you know, they'd have sun for their crops to grow and um, basically so that they could prosper. Whereas now women are getting abortions so that they can prosper by finishing their education or um, getting um, a better job. Um, uh, all this kind of, it's, it's the same. It's all for the same reasons. So that's, that's why I made the video. And yeah, that's, that's been intense since, since we put that video out. But it's been good. <laughs> No, good. Uh, that's something that uh, we talked about as well before. Uh, pro-life is something that him and I, are, like I said, we're majorly involved in. I think we have more videos on pro-life than anything else, more podcast good. episodes. It's like the one thing we're like, after about three episodes, we're like, we got to do another pro-life one. I want to talk about this. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> so any of our it. listeners, either I got to love it or hate it. They're probably like most of our Christians, obviously. And they're probably like, oh my goodness, we're back to abortion again. Like, Or, or they're for it. I don't know. But Child sacrifice, when you said that, I was like, yes, because that's exactly what it is. You're killing the child for your career. You're killing yeah. the child for a more convenient time. You're killing yeah. the child for financial reasons. Uh, and yeah. it's, you're, so essentially, you're sacrificing the child for money or you're sacrificing yeah. the child for whatever. So um, it is that. And when you go all the way back, even in the Bible, you know, that was people accuse God, you know, they, I think it's funny how people don't believe in God, sit there and try to claim moral superiority, even though they think they're all cosmic accidents. So therefore you have really no moral <laughs> anything. We're just a bunch of overgrown yeah. monkeys who disagree with each other. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the idea here though, of, uh, they get so mad at, uh, at the Christian, at the idea of the Christian God, because in the old Testament, he wiped out the Canaanites, right? Like he was like, all right, Go to war with the Canaanites, destroy them. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they were burning their children alive yeah. on the altar of Molech and Baal. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was for similar reasons, for blessing or for whatever. And uh, they actually would say, there, uh, if you read some of the writings of historians, they said that they would play the drums louder and louder so that way you couldn't, the parents couldn't hear the scream of their children. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's horrific stuff, horrific stuff. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, that's that's a good point, and I like that fact that you don't shy away from that. I like the fact that you don't shy away from the truth of this at all. So one thing I ask every single guest at the end of every single episode is because um, I love talking about truth. I love talking about all these different fun topics. But one of the things that the church split is all about is talking about divisive topics truthfully while seeking to unite people. So let me ask you, even though yours isn't necessarily a, a Christian organization, that's not, well, I mean, it is because you're Christian, but you know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> the point is saving babies. Uh, and of course the gospel of Christ changes lives. So say we're, we get it. They're all, it's all connected. All right. 
before someone starts fact-checking me here. But my question for you is, how do you think Choice for Two, what you're doing now, can help unite Christians? Yeah, so it is a Christian organization, um, like straight up. At first, um, yeah, but see, at first when I started it, I thought uh, we won't be a religious organization. That was the plan. And because, you know, that whole stereotype of the crazy Christians trying to say abortion's wrong and all of that, I was like, you know, we're just, we're going to be way more cool than that. Um, We're just going to (laughs) be like more mainstream. And then as things have been going on, I'm like this, that's stupid because once I realized that we are dealing with child sacrifice, that's what it is. Like we, we would just be idiots to try and fight this without God. Though God has always been a part of the organization. Um, it wasn't so overt, I guess. Like I wouldn't sit on here and be like, it's a Christian organization. Like, right, right. But, You'd okay, like, oh, so it's a it life organization. Like I had said right before you said that. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, exactly. So um, what Christians can do is uh, start caring. Like I honestly, I have this, I have this idea that we will together, all of us, stand before God one day and answer for what we did or did not do to save all of the babies that were slaughtered during our lifetime. Like, can you just imagine being asked by God, like, why didn't you do anything? Like, this was child sacrifice. Like, what were you doing? Um, that's kind of what I feel. That's like my drive, my, my, my whole drive to start choice for two wasn't like, I'm going to make this awesome organization. This is going to be great. It was kind of more out of fear of like, now that I know what abortion is, uh, okay, I, I'm responsible to do something about this. Um, so I just think that if Christians can understand that, if they can understand what abortion is, then I don't necessarily need to tell you exactly what to do. Because like, if you're praying about it, God will show you exactly what to do where you are in your area, um, which is exactly what happened with this like opera singer who decided to <laughs> make an organization, which is now helping women. Like that wasn't me, right? Like that was not my plan. So um, I just think, just be like bold and talking to God about it that just say like, use me and then just watch what happens. You know, that's actually a really good point. Uh, the whole, I mean, seriously, you went from opera singer to I'm trying to save babies and help women around the world. Like yeah. if an opera singer can do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyone can do it. Like, not that there's anything wrong with an opera singer, but it's just like that. Those tools are totally different toolboxes. Like, yeah. But that is just. Yeah. I mean, well, I went from violinist to pastor, right? Like, it's not like I can. I can at least play the violin in church. At least it's related. Uh, you yeah. know, what are you gonna do? Sing outside of an abortion clinic? You know, it's such. It's so. I, I mean, you could. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're a lovely singer. So, uh, but anyway, the point is here is anyone can get involved, right? Anyone yes, can yes. get involved. Anyone can be Not a voice. Can get involved. Should get involved. Anyone who can should absolutely. Um, and that's you're right. I think that idea of God saying before God in judgment. By the way, uh, I don't think it's an idea you made up. I think that's what the Bible speaks very clearly of. We will all stand before God and yeah. give an account of what we have done. And right. you know, if the most I can do, like I mean, actually, the most. Like, think about it. The least you can do is speak up. 
the very least you can do is speak up and say something. That is yeah. like bare minimum. You know, yeah. the other least you could do is donate some money somewhere. Uh, you know, so it's like one of those things where I'm like, it doesn't take much, just do something to be able to say yeah. that you have been a part of the cause. So I appreciate that. And I think that helps. And I th also, I think it helps the pro-life cause helps unite the body because it tells us, I mean, I didn't even ask what denomination that you're technically a part of. So, uh, and I, I don't think that's, that matters because the thing is, is that the idea of the gospel, the idea of Jesus Christ and the idea of being created in the image of God an image bearer of God, as you said, is being sacrificed. The whole idea of that is that these transcend interdenominational lines international lines and all these different areas that we have as barriers that we say, oh, we can't do that with it. No, no, these unite us, right? Like these bring yeah. all Christians together. So anyway, uh, passion there, you could tell. So is there anything you really qu quickly wanted to add? And I would also like to know how people can donate to Choice for Two to help you guys with your cause. Wow. Um, I don't think I really have anything to add. Nothing's jumping out. Um, yeah, so we accept donations through our website, um, but really what we do is anytime we have a need, like if we're going to pay rent or whatever, like we do have some monthly donors and they help a lot with that, but we will post fundraisers specifically for specific needs on our social media pages. So people can know that all of the money they're donating is going exactly to whatever that specific cause is. Um, which is kind of neat because people like that. They like to know exactly where their, their money is going. Um, so yeah, if people want to follow us on our social media and jump on some of those, that'd be awesome. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that was one of the things I was thinking too, as I was talking to you, I'm like, you know, I want to figure out how me and my wife and, you know, we just had this amazing experience of having a child, yeah. um, something we prayed for, for years and God answered, which is why we actually did name her Eliana, which means God has answered. Uh, and yeah. that was a big deal for us. So now we wanted to get involved. I want to find a way to help your organization if we can, which the least I could do is have a conversation with you, but the, also I we want to personally try to help at where we can with your mm -hmm. fight against abortion, especially up in Canada where children can be murdered, you know, the very minute before they're born. And that's yeah. what it is. So, yeah. um, well, I really appreciate you coming on, Laura. I uh, thank you for hanging out and uh, just kind of <laughs> taking the time to explain who you are, what you do. We want to promote this kind of thing, and we want uh, the pro-life message especially to get out. I think that's, you know, of all situations that we're dealing with, that while we're fighting, this is definitely should be number one on our list. So thank you so much for being on, Laura. Everyone, this has been Laura Klassen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not Klassen. Goodness. Uh, so, right. My producer was right. He usually is. I should have always just listened to him. So, but go follow them on all social media choice for two subscribe to the YouTube channel too, for some good laughs, but also some like moments where you're kind of eerily looking like, Ooh, that is exactly what's happening yeah. right now. So mm -hmm. go check them out, go give to them, give them, throw them some cheddar to help them keep this cause going. I know that's not your whole point being here, but I want to try to get as much exposure for you as possible. So thank you for being on, Laura. Everyone else, like, subscribe to The Church Split, leave your comments below, and we'll talk to you all later. Thank you. God bless.